0: Thank you for clicking on this podcast. My name is Paul Hurtner from American Century Investments, and I'm here with John Levito, Co-Chief Investment Officer of Global Fixed Income for American Century Investments. John, we're obviously in a rising rate environment in the United States. Are you looking at a certain degree of symmetry from other countries right now, or is that not happening yet?
1: I wouldn't say right now, but I think eventually, yes. You know, obviously, with the uh, Federal Reserve has raised rates over the last year, year and a half. And we, can, we see that continuing into 2019. So I think we get one more rate hike from the U.S. in 2018 and three more in 2019. And we'll rest at the area around 3% for the U.S. Uh, US rates. Now, outside the U.S., it's, it's a little bit different. Let's start with Europe, the ECB. So the ECB has begun to pull back on accommodation, but not by raising rates. What they're doing right now is reducing their quantitative easing. And by the end of the year, they'll be done with QE, and then they'll focus on 2019 with regard to raising rates. But even then, we don't expect rates to go up until, say, next summer. What will really drive the ECB is what happens with the inflation outlook. So far, inflation's been very mild, but we are beginning to see signs of wage pressure beginning to build within Europe, as well as in certain countries, overall inflation is beginning to rise slightly. So if that trend continues and it becomes more widespread, then you'll see the ECB begin to act on rates.
0: In terms of buying opportunities, if um, we're not seeing other jurisdictions raise rates, does it become kind of a a no-brainer to look at the United States for fixed at the moment in terms of uh, uh, sovereign debt?
1: Well, for us, you know, we definitely would avoid the non-U.S. sovereign in the developed world relative to the U.S. Uh, we've already had the adjustment in the U.S. with regard to higher rates and so there, there should be more stability going forward. Now rates could move a little bit higher still in the U.S. you know, particularly if inflation moves up a little bit higher but the big move is behind us where elsewhere because we've had the more aggressive monetary policy elsewhere those rates have more room to rise going forward so we would focus a little bit more in the U.S. now and eventually when those rates move higher then you can, be, you can diversify again.
0: How about um the kind of multiplier or domino effect that the United States has on the rest of the world, especially the emerging market uh, countries. So the U.S. raises rates, the dollar gets stronger, oil goes up, obviously dollar denominated. Uh, Any uh, debt that these other countries hold in U.S. dollars, that could become problematic. So what are your thoughts on that aspect of this? Well, we've
1: actually seen that play out over the summer. Uh, as we've seen rates move up in the U.S., as, as we've seen the dollar increase, as you mentioned, we've seen emerging markets come under more pressure. Uh, if you look at what happened over the last you know, three months, really since May, has been one of the, one of the worst uh, return periods for emerging markets you know, over the last you know, decade, decade and a half. The higher rates in the U.S., the increased dollar, it does put pressure on these, on these, on these countries. On top of that, we have the, you know, the looming trade war with China. Uh, that is something that we're going to have to really keep a close eye you know, th- for the remainder of this year into 2019. You know, a lot of the emerging market countries depend on global growth and depend on global trade. And trade tariffs and trade wars really don't uh, bode well for global trade, and that could put more stress on those, on those economies as well.
0: I feel like as the conversation started about a possible trade war with China at the start of the year, maybe uh, mid to end first quarter, I think a lot of people thought it was bluster. And I think a lot of folks thought this is going to be uh, a, a purely cold trade war. Uh, they'll work it out. This is posturing. And lo and behold, uh, this went beyond just a cold trade war. And obviously, there are sanctions uh, on, on either side of the Pacific between the United States and China. And, and China is not the only front on the, US, on the US-focused trade wars. So. Um, I don't know how well, uh, how well you can project it out, but how, did, how does this story end with regard to China?
1: You know, it's a, it's a really interesting question, and I don't really think anybody knows where, where it ends because uh, there's still so much uncertainty. Now, as you mentioned, this has been more than just China. Now, elsewhere, we have seen some resolutions, right? We have a resolution now with regard to trade with Mexico uh, and Canada with a new NAFTA. We're not necessarily at resolution yet, but we're in a better place with Europe in terms of not having the rhetoric that we saw earlier in the summer. But where we still see the rhetoric and where we still see the action is with China. And in the end, that's really the most important element of the trade war. Where it plays out, it's going to be really determined, I think, over the next couple of months, between now and end of the year. Um, The U.S. is clearly um, determined to have China change its actions. And I think they're going to, you know, be persistent in terms of getting to that point. Now, that said is, we do think that both sides want to find a deal in the end. The question is, is what is the compromise? And I to be honest, I don't know what that compromise is, but in the end, we do think that there will be something that will uh, probably early next year, while there will be a compromise, we'll find um, enough give and take on both sides that we can avoid going to a full-fledged uh, trade war, but it's the percentage and the chances of that happening are growing by the day. Yeah, You know, to us right now, given the uncertainties between trade war, given the uncertainties elsewhere as well, between Brexit, the Italian negotiations around around their debt, We think there's enough event risks between now and the end of the year into the first quarter that it probably pays to be a little bit more cautious with regard to your fixed income investing. So the way we look at the fixed income market right now is is that overall rates will be fairly mild in terms of, uh, you know, the direction. Some countries will be rising more than the U.S., but in general rates will be fairly modest. But what we're really keeping an eye on is the level of risk with regard to non-sovereign debt. If you look at the performance really over the last year, it's been pretty good. You know, the, uh, the, the, the stronger economy here in the U.S., stable economy outside the U.S., has been a good environment for risk assets, and so they've, they've tightened and they've appreciated relative to sovereign. We think that's where you want to be a little bit more cautious right now. Given these event risks, you can see the non-sovereign debt uh, underperforming, we think, over the next three to six months. Not in a major way, but where you have a better opportunity to invest down the road. So the idea really now is to sort of be close to home with regard to your overall portfolio duration, also have be a little bit more cautious with regard to your non-sovereign sectors, and wait for a better opportunity to purchase down the road.
0: John Levito, Co-Chief Investment Officer of American Century's Global Fixed Income, thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you. The opinions expressed are those of American Century Investments or the Portfolio Manager and are no guarantee of the future performance of any American Century Investments portfolio. This information is for educational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice.